Welcome to episode 399 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 399 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. 399, mate. I oh, know. We need uh, we need another 20 Facebook followers for next week. And then... 4,000, have we? We get 4,000 and 400, the 400th show. Well, John. Yes. Um, how, how many years have we been doing this for now? Is it seven or eight? I think it was 2006. So it must be eight years. Yeah. Far out. We don't, even, we don't even look like we've aged. Not at all. Anything would look more youthful. Uh, Did you watch the Super not, Bowl? No. I saw the highlights. Yeah, I, I went online because one thing they did, they, they gave it away for free. So you go watch yeah. it live. And I went and watched about two seconds and I thought this is a weird game and kind of turned it off. But then what I did is I went and watched the mid-time, the halftime show. Bruno Mars mm. nailed it. Mm. Good. Yeah, I'm just saying. You're American, you can be proud of Bruno Mars, bugger the football. Apparently when they play good on him, and in the game, mm-hmm. so look, I think it takes up to two or three hours to have a game. Mm. Eleven minutes of play. <laughs> Eleven minutes of play. Craziness. That is craziness. Rugby, they play at least thirty minutes, don't they? Exactly. exactly. Okay, our talk is proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. dot com. Uh, just get one of those tasty morsels in the morning. Athlinks dot com. Uh, social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Your whacked it buffer. Okay, guys, in this week's show, we've got some news. Bit of a traditional show, actually. We've got an age group of the week. We've got a website of the week. We've got Coach's Corner. We've got John's Camp Review. And then we've got questions and answers at mm. the end. Okay, it's not a huge news week this week. And uh, so last week we were talking on a show about the dope study that came out that pretty much did happen. What was the percentage? One in seven? One in seven, something like that. You're on it, you know. Yep. One in seven of you are guys are injecting yourself, and pulling up the needles. I would be that one in seven if I had gone and done this survey. Well, because we, well, I've I secretly, secretly been suspicious for years, to be honest. Mm. Those needle marks down your arms I, I see know, every I week. Know. So Thorsten sent through an email kind of saying that the study's been around for a while, hasn't it? And basically what he's saying is the main area of contention is the definition of doping that the study uses. Of course, they didn't ask the straightforward question, have you doped in the last 12 months? Good luck doing that. But instead they used this question as a surrogate for doping. Have you used substances which can be prescribed by a doctor, are available in a pharmacy, or can be bought on the black market to enhance your physical performance during the last 12 months? This is a very loose definition of doping. It includes anything that you buy at a pharmacy with the intention to enhance performance. This could include any variety of vitamins or iron or mineral supplements, pain medication, etc. Judging by that definition, I've been doping too. I was given antibiotics by my dentist in hope that, uh, to get control of an obsessed tooth that was severely limiting my training cap- capability. Uh, it also put him in a bad mood. Um, a good analogy might be that there is still some benefit in riding 15 metres behind an athlete in front of you but the drafting definition says 12 metres or closer, so it would certainly be unfair to label pretty much all athletes as drafters and world suckers. Again, I don't want to claim that there are no dopings in all of triathlon, but certainly you can't really use this study as a basis for claims that 1 in 7 athletes in Germany, and by extension 1 in 7 triathletes worldwide, are doping. There is not much English articles looking into the issue, but I found one by Scott 
Dunlap, a pretty well-known trail runner who also participates in Ironman races, and I'll put a link to him, IamTalk.me. So, John, your conclusion? I think that's pretty much what my feelings were when I first saw this. I thought, what is the definition of doping here? And that's a stupid question to ask. Why don't you just say, have you knowingly, in the last 12 months, taken banned substances that you know are on the banned list with the intention of gaining an unfair advantage or something to that effect. Because this is stupid, because I I would have to tick that. You know, I've gone and bought some multivitamins and had um, stuff prescribed from the doctor to get over my crash, to get over other things, and, and yeah, it's just a waste of time. I mean, I really... one and seven just sounded sound absurdly high to me. Yeah, it did sound absurdly and, and high. I'm not naive to think there's not quite a few people, quite a few age groupers out there doping, but that just seemed a bit ridiculous. Do you think if they gave them a, an, a really anonymous situation where people could be honest, people would tell the truth anyway? I don't know. I don't think so. I think a lot of the people that probably take that are so pervert, perverted that they probably wouldn't. They probably think they're not doing anything wrong. You know, does Lance Armstrong think he did anything wrong? Don't well, so. speaking of Lance Armstrong, this weekend Lance is oh, back, John. No, We've got to talk about it. No, We've got to talk about it. it. Well, I am. Macaron I'm, I'm just going to go get myself a cup of water here. <laughs> this is just crap. You're disappointed in Macaron, aren't yeah, you? I am. Very. Tell me why. Let's, just, let's, let's have a counselling session just, about this. Just, no. I don't even want to talk about it. I just want to move on. Challenge Melbourne. Well, no. So, so Mecca and Lance, it looks like it's going to be happening in June. I've, in... I put money on this not happening. I'll bet you 20 bucks, Bevan, it's not happening. Well, you owe me 20, don't you? Because you meant to put 20 on black for me? I, I did. I lost. It was, oh. it was red. <laughs> well, well, I think there is, like, the, the problem is, there's lots of problems with this. First of all, why does Mecca need to do this? I'm not sure what, what value. Mecca's such a big name anyway. Mm. It doesn't, what, what do you... And, and maybe he's saying, well, I just want the challenge. And so now you, then it's, it's Reese Hornfrey. Um, um, someone sent me through, I think it was Peter, sent me through just a link from some of my Australian journalists kind of retweeting what Mac was saying. And he's got, on the bike over 60Ks, he'll put a little bit of time into me, but nowhere near what I was sticking to him over the 18K in the run. So they've obviously got this challenge. And Mac is starting to put some smack talk down and, and all the rest of it. But Porno sent me through, Porno must be signed up to Mecca's, I don't know, automated email account. Mm. And in it, Mac is giving Lance a platform to kind of preach how he was badly done. Like it was, like Lance was kind of saying, now don't quote me, but it was something like this kind of saying, you know, like, oh, you know, you know, obviously I can't race anymore, but they can't stop me from raising, you know, more money like I did when I raised that 700 million. And it's like, you know, do we need this? No, we don't. So Challenge Melbourne was on at the weekend. <laughs> <coughs> and uh, first, good to see that. Uh, I was... I'm not even interested in it. <laughs> well, but the thing is, it's going to be a big topic for the next period of time, isn't it? Yeah. It is going to draw attention. Not on this show, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, we should get Mecca on and give him a hard time about it. You can do that. I don't even want to talk to him about it. It's just <laughs> he's dead crap. to you. Yeah, he's dead to me. He's dead to him, Mecca. You've heard it now, Mecca. He'll probably stop it now because he knows you've hurt, he's hurt your feelings. Mm. He hasn't hurt my feelings. I just think it's just a stupid thing to do. And I think as far as a spectacle, it's going to be dead-ass boring, two people racing. Anyway, moving on. Because what they did that with the boom and uh, Reed, remember? They had a one on one seventy point three. I can't remember what the result was, but I'm pretty sure it was pretty boring. It was very one sided. Yeah, it was one sided. I think the boom took it out, didn't he? I can't remember. That was years ago. Okay, challenge Melbourne, John. It was a half, wasn't it? It was only a half. We haven't got much news this week. Tim, Tim Burkle took <laughs> it, was it out. Mac of his lights was big news. Yep, John Paulson was second. Michael Fox was third, and Annabelle Luxford. Um, 
cleaned out Karen right. and Stefan on the bike, which was surprising. They were close together out of the swim, and then she cleaned her out on the bike. And it's Caroline Stefan second, Rebecca Hotchkey in third place. Not much racing going on. Got to wait till I'm in New Zealand until it all happens. What, what's the monster map rules? What's that? Oh, that's uh, so, uh, so. If you want to go and basically do the Hawaii Ironman, they um, they've got this. Looks like they've got a little club over there in Kona, and they basically do. You basically do the Ironman course. So you swim, swim, and then you bike the bike, the Ironman bike, more or less. And then you run a couple of laps of elite drive, so you don't get to do the... The energy lab, because they close it, don't lab. they? Mm. But, yeah, you basically get to go over there. They've only got about 10 people doing it. It just looks like their little club, and they have an aid station halfway down the Queen K, and then at Harvey, and then maybe one or two on the run, and it just looks very low Can you key. run in the energy lab anyway? Yeah, you can. It's you know what I mean? I know, like, I know that there's, there's don't run in the energy lab. No, I'm sure there. you can. I've driven down there. There's a beach down there. Okay. Yeah. No, you can. I just think it's um, it's probably just not. Con- it's not safe. called Ironman, John. It's the Monster Course. I know, I know. So uh, if Monster you want- and Mini tri- Monster Triathlon. If you want to go over there to Kona next year and actually go and ride the course, is it self-supported? No, Must they've be. got a couple of aid stations. Very low key. Yeah. Well, mm. I like their logo, mm. Iron Mango. One th- one thing that I will say is uh, good on WTC. They've uh, pumped up the prize money a bit for seventy point three worlds. It's gone up. $50,000 to take it up to $250,000. Uh, so good on them. I don't think they... It's that total purse, is it? Yeah, and I don't I don't think they need to be doing this. People are going to go anyway these days. All, the 70.3 attracts a very, very strong field, whether it be points, prestige, and there's reasonable money there. Uh, so I think it's good on them for, for pumping up a bit I more I think money. they've been listening to the show, John. Mm. I think we influence them because we were talking about how much profit they're making. Yeah. And they're only putting like 1% back into the pros. As, a, as the sport of triathlon continues to grow globally, Ironman remains a leader in competitive price prize purses, offering a total of $1.8 million for the 2014 Ironman 70.3 qualifying race series. Wait a second, so that's the whole series? The 70.3 series. The whole series? Yes. It's funny, isn't it? Because you look at any other sport and they'd laugh at that money. They would. A bloody women's, it's one golf tournament. Women's golf tournament in Christchurch didn't even. We had our one good Kiwi girl here. The rest of them weren't even the top players, and there was over three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, so some pleb tournament in the small city of Christchurch. Yeah, near three hundred k. Still, still good on them for putting a little bit more. Money well, into yeah, it. get even more, but but well done. You're moving in the right direction. Okay, John, that's the news for this week. Any other week. news? That was weak. No. Uh, really? No. That was it. Oh, hold on, let me let me have a look through the websites. No, <laughs> that was it. You're pretty fast, you are. Yeah, you got that fast sprint in the evening. We took a bit of an ICU update. We had a race. In okay, Zealand. what's happening here? Uh, Ryan Sissons took it out. We got a few Canadians training at Christchurch. A few uh, Hong Kongese, uh, a few Frenchies. It is the hotbed down here. Zoffingen's been awarded the world long distance champs. Helen Jenkins is on her on her way back. Apparently, have you got a web page up? Yeah, because you're kind of whipping these out quickly. Mm-hmm. And Helen Jenkins, what do you reckon? Nah, she's passed she's it. She's passed it. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think athletes do that, John? Oh, she just got injured for a year. She was on fire the year before that. Oh, okay. So she's not passed it. Yeah. Things are, things are moving pretty quickly these days. But when you know what I mean? Like when you hear of people coming back, like who's that big bloody South African lock who played rugby? Who was an amazing lock a few years ago. Like Victor someone or whatever his name was. Yeah, I think it was Victor Matfield. Amazing like, rugby player, one of the best locks ever. And uh, retired, and now he's like 37, he's making a comeback. It's like, no, Brad Fiddler. What about Brad Fiddler? Is he making a comeback? Yeah. 
No. Yes, he is. God, we'll get your head out of the sand. Really? Yeah. And the Auckland Nines. He's making a comeback. Mm. What do they think? You know, because he's been out of the game. Brett Fittler's been out of the game for like seven years. Mm. Don't know what they're thinking. Get him on the show, but get him on your fitness behaviour going. What are you trying to do with your fitness here at age 40? He's going to get hurt, I reckon. Yeah. He's going to get hurt, especially in those contact sports. Like, it's one thing for a triathlete to come back, you know, but you're just going to look like a bit of a, you know, has been. Whereas in league or, or those sports, yeah, those sports hurt yeah. <laughs> a lot. Okay, well, there you go. That really tapered the news up a little bit more, didn't it? Okay, in this week's discussion, John, last week we asked a question that was, well, it wasn't one of the best questions of all time, but, you know, sometimes you have a few weak weeks. And, uh, and the question was, what's the point of team racing? Does it even work? Yes, and and if you've got to want to set up a team, how can you make it work better? Because this came out from the team U Place, and we said up up place last week. Apparently, it's uh, U Place and team U Place BMC. And U Place, just in case any of you are wondering, is a lifestyle company in the international real estate business that boasts a strong expertise in urban revitalisation. So that's a weird combination, isn't it? It is. So do you think it's one of those ones, John, where's, oh, what's my pen? Where's my pen gone? Can you see? Oh, um, is, do you think it's one of those situations where we are the only just loves triathlon? Could be. Or they're very smart and they're going to use these guys in their marketing and saying we're supporting a really active sport, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's... I would I would tend to agree with you that that's a probably a is, fairly John, high chance. Was, of that. was that question where you're saying using it in your marketing for you know supporting these? You know what? Get some photos of some everyday joes. Yes, true. You know, to general public. Mm. You know, like is it? I don't know. You know, okay, let's have a discussion. Okay, let's discuss it. Gary Fegan had this discussion recently on the Team TBB implosion, and currently I can't see anything in it for the sponsor. I've no idea what Uplace is and I don't feel like finding out. Well, you know, you know now, Gary. Yeah, John did his homework. Yeah. Okay, then I'll go James Votel. He goes, uh, you want a chicken? Plum and ready for roasting. So where's he going with this? I don't know. He's trying to get really thoughtful. Okay. So do you want an egg or a basket of eggs to see what develops? The problem is that the pros, the eggs, who have the best chances for big fat wins select out because the real payday is with the top athletes and the winners. Okay, yeah, I get what he's saying there. I don't think anybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> James, must try harder, I think, on that one. Yeah. But good work for contributing. Stuart Martin-Lawrence, I think it's a great idea. If teams can get more support, then it'll allow more pros to make a living from the sport. The pro teams allows the pros to concentrate on training and the backroom staff to concentrate on generating sponsorship income. John Hancock's put a link through to Competitor Radio and he's got there's a good interview with Darren Smith on Competitor Radio where he talks about his team. No collective sponsorship, but he does personally invest in younger athletes who he believes in and helps them out before they make Make their first big break he says most of them pay him back too so Darren Smith's got his own coaching group uh, and, and a lot of uh, the ITU stars that train with him And but it's not like a team TBB set up where you've all got to race with the particular sponsors they've all got their own individual sponsors or working under their national federations and he seems to make it work very well he's got a very strong t- group who did you, you go last? Who, do you, who was the last person you did? Um, 
Stuart Martin Lawrence. Okay, I'll go Daniel Phillips. I think uh, Trek Case West etc. can do a, make a better case for this being a smart business decision. Same goes for BMC. The more tenuous your link to an athlete's success, the less return you're going to get from the investment. I certainly don't rush out to buy Commerce Bank when Marino smoked it at Cargif- Klagenfurt uh, and came third in Kona. Stefan van der Bruggen. Well, I hope the sponsors do not read this or the pros will suffer. I'm a tri-coach and I know for a fact that triathletes look up to uh, look up to the best and want to use the best triathlete, use what the best triathletes use. When Crowry won the Ironman, some athletes wanted to start running with Newton. A lot of people did, to be honest. And McCormick's got, I think that, that a model could work to have a bunch of real pros in a team but then have a number of training weekends and camps throughout the year for the normal folks. This could get regular triathletes invested in a team, pardon the pun. If uh, they have to pay a bit to go along and train with the top guys for a few days, I suspect it wouldn't be a major hassle for the teams as they'll need and want some group training throughout the year anyway. And they wouldn't actually have to ride 150 watts for five hours to nurse a small amount around the ride. Maybe just for a swim and the run sessions and a Q&A for an hour or two. You could have an age group wing of your team to back off such camps. Uh, last one I'll do is Jorg or George Larson. Value could be economies of scale, sponsor one team and have multiple advert slash win chance versus a single athlete is more work. Uh, student Martin Lawrence, have you done that one? Yep. Okay, well I'll say that's it then. Okay, fine. John, your thoughts? Well, let's, let's, let's put it in some context around us. Let's say you're going to put together a team and mm. you want to make it a successful return on investment. So you're not the nice guy who's going, you know what, I've got billions of dollars and I just want to front up some, you know, some athletes and be, you know, just give them money to kind of live the life they want. You're going, you know what, I've got, you know, a million dollars I'm going to spend. That's probably a bit high, but let's just say a million dollars I'm going to spend and I want to get the best return on my investment. So that million dollars turns into at least $2 million. I'd keep it uh, pretty small, you know. I think uh, the, the like the Commerce Bank, they only had sort of four or five guys, and they were guys that were winning races. When I look at this team here, it's it's pretty big. This um, up you, you you place one, but I think what Stefan Vanderbruggen was sort of saying is the, pro, the sp- sponsorship. Try specific sponsorship, try gear, it really works. And Bevan and I have talked about the Kyoto example a few yeah. times with, with Stadler. You know, nobody knew what that brand was. and He made they, that brand, didn't he? He should days, have shares in it. Yeah, these days nobody rides a Kyoto. Well, um, was it, I was thinking about this the other day. Weren't, wasn't the Kyoto in bloody the Tour de France at one stage? Could have been. Remember, because remember they had the Queen K and everyone was like, oh my God, the Kona bikes. And that was, that was within the last five years. Don't know. But anyway... Norman Sadler really helped put them on the map. So sponsoring the top pros really works. Whether sponsoring a lot of the second-tier pros works or not, I don't know if people look up to them quite as much, but I guess your sponsorship... uh, Well, I think uh, it depends on the pro, because you get someone, you get the unique pro who understands how the game works, Mm. and, you know, know, they might not be like a Mecca or a Crowey or, you know, like a Stadler on the bike, but you know, they have built an audience around themselves. And so mm. some people might support them because they're supporting the person they like. Mm. So I think that, I mean, I have, Gary Fegan can probably give us more background on this, but I thought that the team TBB model looked really good because they had a really good platform to work off and it looked quite sustainable in terms of, right, pros were commenting on the on the website, they were doing articles, they were giving reasons for people to keep coming back to that website. I think the problem there was it was all about Brett Sutton. Um, 
which was the good and the bad of it. But I think that's one of the key things. If you want to keep the interest in the triathlon market, you know, you need to have an active website, active social media and all those sort of things rather than just... Team TBB, Team TBB, yeah. Do you think they won? I mean, they made much money. Do you think it was a good investment? Uh, We'll have to ask Alex about that. Don't know. Yeah, like, like you know, like it was definitely the team that lasted the longest, mm, and definitely, the, yeah. Well, yeah, and also the team that had the most awareness out there. Mm. You know, like these other teams coming back, and that maybe it's because a German wouldn't know them so much. But you know, like they, they did a good job of getting their name out there, and you know, creating mm. content and having their own little world that people got kind of involved in. So they were definitely really good at that stuff. Um, and the fact that somebody said in there, "I'm not going to go out and buy uh, buy Commerce Bank stuff." Because just because they're sponsoring a team, but the whole part of it is is branding, and now you know Commerce Bank, yeah. and it's in your mind now. So at least you're considering it. Uh, <laughs> so. I, I think they're saying they're not considering it, John, but that's okay. Um, well, I think there's a few things. I think you've got to think about who's going to pick to be the, like you know. If you do get, imagine if they got all the best cyclists in the sport. So mm-hmm. you know who who would be the top five cyclists right now. Tom Davison. Tom Davison. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I suppose you have McKenzie, Keenlay, Marino. Just string them off the top of my head, and then a couple others. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you sit, and maybe the two top girls. So mm. you you know you get the five top cyclists, and you're a cycling team. Mm. You know, and you own a, a cycle brand you want to bring up through the ranks because you know like. As we say, Sadler, you know, like he came on. Now, it is funny how Coyote fell over, isn't it? Or it may we... not have. I don't know. That's just a I know, but come on. There was a stage where yeah. I had a Coyote. Like, I was riding, you know, like, everyone, that's what, that was the bike you wanted. Mm. And uh, and then Savello went through a stage where they were kind of top, and Specialized mm. seems to have made a comeback recently. But, um, you know, if you could just get a team which was like, okay, we are a cycle company, and we're going to get the best cyclists, and they're going to ride our bike, or the same with running, you know, mm. a, like, let's say Essex wanted to come into our world. And they just sponsored, you know, the fast runners. Mm. Because the thing about that is it makes people think – it's basically using the talent of people to make think your, your product is sharp. Mm-hmm. So, like, Stadler was in – you could put a problem on any bike, anybody who rode those bike, you know, bike splits. He was a legend. Imagine if he'd been on a CPO. Oh, exactly. Oh, See? Exactly, exactly. But, you know, like, he was just – it was the athlete, not necessarily the bike. But people want that advantage that they think the bike gives the athlete. And so for someone like, you know, if you did a, a cycling team that – was bringing up a bike brand that would make sense to me. Um, yeah. The thing is, for some of those big brands, for them to drop, you know, maybe 500k a year on a, on a team racing thing, it's nothing. Like a commerce bank. Oh, yeah. That's, that's like a conference for, for them. For, for the non-triathlon companies, for the triathlon, most triathlon companies are relatively small. Yeah. But for these, that's why the, these guys on, on this uh, U place, you know, this, I don't know how big the company is, but could be, you know, it could really be just a drop in the ocean. So, when you look at a triathlete magazine or triathlon magazine kind of ad, what's more effective? One with the top pro in it, or one without? Uh, with top pro, definitely. Because you get this recognition, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think these team. I don't think this team thing is going to go ballistic. And and I think one of the key things around it is the difference between cycling and triathlon it's not a team sport so they're going to have a team full of individuals here and they they're not going to be able to influence races massively so um you could have some mild team tactics going in there i think in terms of an itu side of things uh i would not be surprised 
if we saw more team tactics in the future at some races, and you see that in in Europe uh, at the ITU levels, it's a lot of country-based stuff and a lot of individuals. But in Europe, you know, it's basically clubs, and then you'll see a lot more team racing. So, I think at ITU level where it's drafting, there is scope for you know blocking and having a two-man breakaway and, and trying to slow the pack yeah, down. Imagine if you did a, a, a team Ironman race where it was the top three places and you had five people in your team. Mm-hmm. Right, yep. And no drafting still with, you know, mm-hmm. still 10-metre drafting. That'd be an interesting race, wouldn't it? It would be if you put a massive amount of money up, so then you'd try to help your weakest people through. Yeah, well, maybe the team gets the payday. Mm. But, you know, so you go, you know, there's five years start, mm-hmm. and well, maybe you could make it a drafting race. I think it'd be pretty boring. You reckon? Iron, an Ironman race, 180Ks draft. Well, Ironman races are pretty boring anyway. But No, look, they're not. They're riveting. Well, okay, that's true. You know, I love sitting down for 18 hours watching a race, but but – but imagine if you didn't, let's say, let's say you did like country base. Mm. So you get the top German, five top German athletes and versus Australian mm. stuff. And then obviously there's two guys in there who are just going to kill themselves on the bike, mm. who sit at the front of a pack. You can draft within your team, but you can't draft with other teams. So <clears throat> you can you can draft within your pack of guys. <laughs> How are you going to make that work? Well, because then, so you can ride with your guys, but they have to sit 10 metres back from another team. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you've got your guys around you, you're allowed to draft with your guys. But if you haven't, then you have, you've got to, you know, there's a draft mm. distance. And then, uh, oh, this is a brilliant idea. <laughs> I think you need to think that bike leg through a little bit more. No, because that would be awesome. Because then what happens is you basically just get these packs and you have these two guys, you know, who would just basically axe themselves on the bike and then you'd be trying to save your runners. But they want to be axing themselves enough where they can keep their runners fresh. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a run race, but then it's just the top your first three across the line combined score. Well, they, do, they do that in France. You have team. Uh, we, we used to have a race every year. It was a sprint distance. But granted, it was a lot shorter. Sprint distance, team time trial, seven man team, first five across the line. Did you like those? Awesome. Yeah. What was your job? To win. One year I was the weakest weak link on the run, and I had to smoke it. Yeah, you had to find that. It was good. I had. This, you know, okay, Craig Alexander and your team, Bevan Doherty and your team. Uh, I can't understand why you're the weak link. Guys, I'm like, I'm the weak link. <laughs> so, so wait, so what happens? So, do, but you don't really, you just have your own race, do you? No, no, you start as seven and it's basically a team time trial. Oh, race. team time trial? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. It was very, very cool. Race. So were you just <laughs> killing yourself? Oh, yeah, yeah, and I ran pretty fast that day. <laughs> Sat in for the second half of the bike ride. and uh, So you thought, I'll oh, save myself, save myself. Oh, that was, that was the plan, I mean. You know who's the strongest and who's the weakest, and uh, this was before. Bet- so everyone, everyone swam about the same. Yep, we can, we can. You just swam in a pack. Well, we, you have to have a number of Frenchies in your team, yep. well, um, enough Euro athletes, and so we had two. I can't believe you've never told the story on the show. We had two, two, we had two Frenchies in the team. Then there was me, Bevan, Crowe, uh, a guy called Mark O'Donnell, who was much better than I was, and. Somebody else. And then, uh, so we dropped the two Frenchies straight out the swim. Oh, no. So there's only five years. There was five of us, so pressure was on. And it was first five across the line. Mm, mm. So you, you basically had to stay with the group. Mm. Chris Lee, that was the other one, the Aussie guy. And he was a much faster runner than me as well. And so you, you basically rolled out the first lap and then second lap, so you said, get to the back, we need to save the plan, yeah. And then, uh, and then I just dumped my bike and just sprinted. They didn't catch me for... Um, but probably a K and a half or so. <laughs> you just gasping. Yeah. So it was. Uh, and how far was the run? Five K. Yeah. Took them a while to catch me. And then but we did well. And then what? You were just sitting in the back of them. 
uh, yeah, and we sort of—it's a bit like Nessing, you know—you get a little bit of a push there. But I wasn't—I wasn't really holding them up too much. Oh, nice work. Mm. That you was, win. That, that was before they were fast. Uh, no, we certainly didn't win. Oh, really? Oh man, the racing in France is fast. Really? Yeah. With that team, with John Newsom. Yeah. Bevan Doherty, Craig Alexander. Somebody got a puncture, and so somebody else had to give up a a wheel. I think Bevan had to pull out and give up a wheel or something like that. Were you faster than Bevan back in those days? Uh, At what point did Bevan start to overtake you? He was faster than me then. Just. Well, no, he was quite a bit faster than me then, but a year before, kick his ass. Did that break your heart? No. Uh Because he was better than me, and Uh I knew it. Uh Push on. Uh, Right, Bevan. This week, I love that story. Yeah, I can't believe it's been eight years. <laughs> you haven't told that story before. This week's question. Next week we're going to wait have a second. Speedos. I tell you what, I'll give you the photo next week. <laughs> okay, so it was speedos. I think I've seen the photo actually. Yellow. You even stuff. had speedos with the boob tube, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I've seen the photo. Yeah. <laughs> so this week uh, we're going to have a question because we will have Alan Cousins on next week from Endurance Corner, and we're going to talk about benchmarking sessions. So, what types of benchmarking sessions do you do in your training to track your fitness gains, or just to see what level you're at? Okay, benchmark sessions. What are you guys doing out there for that? Okay, John, sponsor at links look for links okay so links is basically you know you sort of rivals now it's not they don't have rivals anymore i'm gonna to have to log in here bevan so you log in i was just waiting for you to to pad there for a okay, second okay wait a second well you know what else john when when you when you when you did you worry about um your pubes when you, <laughs> when, oh, yeah. you when, when you when you're wearing your speedos no no i imagine there's a it's continuous called a, it's called a razor <laughs> oh so you did well, you shave So when your you shave your legs, you go right up that high, would you? Yes, of course you do. Oh, really? Well, yeah, uh, you don't want to. I don't shave my legs. Sorry? I don't shave my legs. Rookie. <laughs> Rookie. And that's why there was never a sub nine next to your <laughs> Exactly. Home. Here's John. Here's, here's the thing that's padding. Can I say I have a nine hour Ironman? 905? Well, you can say you're a nine hour athlete. You can't say you're a sub nine. No, I never say sub nine. I say I'm about a nine hour athlete. Am I today? That's what I say. Mm-hmm. That's not an exaggeration, is it? No. No, good. No, no, five. Oh, that's good. Sub nine. Yeah, I can't say sub nine. They still bloody gave you that T-shirt and wrote, I'm still. Hey, I gave it to that. you, didn't I? I know. I gave it to you. I did. The, I was a better man. So we finished Challenge Road, and I did eight fifty one, and just got the standard finishers T-shirt. Didn't bother me too much. And then Bevan prances up, and he's got a sub nine hour T-shirt. Yeah. Oh, nailed it, man. I actually did eight oh five. That was the thing. Okay, so we're back. We, we had a bit of a problem there, but we're back. And the good news is we pulled up the Ironman New Zealand 2014 participants and their predictions, John. And I've got to say, I'm going to actually, this can help. Oh, these are my friends. You've got your friends first. Nice. Yep. So basically we've got a number of people that are racing up there. Also, also some people are laying some Smackdown talk, which is good to see. And if people are laying down Smackdown talk, what you can do with athletes, you can actually check whether their Smackdown talk is legitimate or not. So we've got... Uh, Glenn Newbold there to run the run, not walk. And we've got... He wants to do 11 and 30. That's his nice. goal. His PR is 1444. That's a big jump. Kefren Izzard, swim around, around, swim around an hour, bike around 5.30 and try to run a sub four hours. Oh, Nadine, Nadine. I mean, Nadia McLaren. She's going to be on fire because she did our camp last weekend. Well, she's done a 12, 30, 12 hours and 13 seconds. Going for 11.30. That's pretty smoking, but... It, 13 seconds would have broken a heart, I think. Mm, mm. Yep. And then we've got Rob Robert uh, Tabato from Brisbane on Australia. My goal for this race, 
one second faster than John Newsom. That sparks a little bit of interest to me, so I can click on Robert's uh, details here. Yeah, it's male 37. Oh, yeah. He's uh, got a 118 half marathon, 35.06 for 10K. Nice. 9.56 in the Ironman race. Let's go and check out his Ironman, see if he's the, the real deal or not. I'm thinking, Ironman, I'm thinking I'm, if his personal best is, you've got him, John. Ironman New Zealand in 2013, 9.56. He's got better every year, but. Yeah, he started 11.35, then went 10.26, then 9.56. So yeah. maybe he's made that next gear. Going to have to knock another 50-odd minutes off there to take me down by a second there, Robert. You reckon you're going to go sub-9? No. He's, he's 9.56. Oh, sorry, his PB. Where was his personal best? Yeah, 9.56.27. Last year. New Zealand. Uh, so I think he'll have to go about 50 minutes quicker than that. Okay, so you're saying about 9.06 for you? Um, in that range, I think. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yep. So that's cool, so I can do my research on John Newsom. Yep. If I have not got my cone of slot, well, it turns out you haven't. <laughs> to get that first and foremost. And then, uh, uh, then of course, to not get... What does he... Checked. Oh, I thought another word that was a lot worse than that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although some could say that his personal or what his goal is. Oh, you want to go sub nine? Yeah, that was before I realised that the course changed. I think sub nine will be that'll be a tricky day at the office. Not impossible. Aaron Fern to not leave any time out there. Nice. Second time round means I have an idea of what's coming. I hope it's a hot one. He likes a hot one. He wants to go sub twelve. We've got Tony Hodge. He just wants to finish. Debbie Hazeldean, I didn't know she lived in Sydney now. She used to live in Christchurch. So we'll have another look at this before I'm in New Zealand. If you want if you're if you're racing, get your details up there and say what you're planning on doing for the for the event, put up a bit of a goal or something like that. And we'll you can rate the event, John. It's only got a three star rating. Yeah, I don't know how you rate that. We need to pump that up a bit. Yeah, because I'm in New Zealand is a good race. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, Athlinks.com. Check, 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 check it out. What what oh we'll put some music on, John. Here's some music. Here we go. Age Grouper of the Week. Okay, this week we've got an Age Grouper of the Week. Bit of a hoax one, really. You're going to love this one. I'm surprised you actually put it up so quickly. That's all right. You're showing you the better man, John. Short on content. Michael Michael Sam sent through this week Age Group of the Week, and he goes, I would like to nominate my mate Paul O'Doherty. Is that it? I'd say so, yeah. yeah. AKA Pod is age group of the week. Pod is an Irish man by descent, but now an Australian citizen and lives and trains in Sydney's eastern suburbs as a part of the Brat Triathlon Club. Paul is a veteran triathlon and has been doing it for around 18 years and has been a wealth of experience and knowledge for myself and other guys we train with. Pod was always very happy to help and wrote training plans for a lot of people doing Ironman and the phrase in Pod, we trust was coined. Pod has been to Kona before, uh, but as a solid six point six he foot was a big five, unit. he was a big unit. Solid Irish man who sweats like the King Tide. That's a good one, isn't it? It isn't his goal race, as he has his set, eyesight set on Ironman New Zealand 2014. As a part of the build-up, he elected to do the Auckland 70.3 Pacific Champs. Paul was always one of those top age groupers in 70.3 races. However, coming into Auckland, he had some Achilles issues and hadn't been able to do much running at all. Oh, so he's just laying down excuses like someone else I know. Yeah. Uh, we all wished him luck and told him, don't come back if you don't beat Coach John Newsom. Right before the race, Pod Garmin kicked in the bucket, so he'll be racing on field, which is how he prefers to race in any case. Here's this one. For an Irishman, Pod is a very good swimmer. Can Irish not swim? 
It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not their national pastime. It's not like Australians, eh? No. Australians can just they're born in swimming, um, but didn't get the swim he wanted. Coming out ninth in his age group after a struggling from about 1,400 metres on Pod's bike. Pod's league felt great straight away and he knew there were some good runners in front of him so he set out hard with no data telling him to slow down. He caught most of the guys in front of him within the next, within 20 k's and thought coach John Newsom was the only one still out of sight. Pod backed off a bit and a group form. He tried to shake them off uh, in the twists and turns of the city centre, but only succeeded in getting rid of a few of them. Once they got out in the flat section, a couple of the guys shot off and Pod conserved betting on his run leg run. Pod's legs felt average at the start of the run, but now with data on the run, he could see his HR was only mid-150s. He went 337 for the first K and thought that might be a tad quick, but with a guy sitting on his heels, he kept going. Another fast two Ks and Pod decided to go all out or nothing, and the rest of the race's heart rate was sitting in the 170s. At the 5k mark, he saw Coach John Newsom and thought he might have a chance to bring him back. At the 15k mark, I think. No, that was 5. Okay. At the 10k, he didn't seem to have made much time on Newsom, but had passed a few guys and moved into third spot. Pod knows how easy it is to blow up at the front and keep plugging away, and at the 15k mark, he was only 20 seconds in front. Behind. But well, he's got front, but you, you were 20 seconds in front, basically. Yeah. Pod remembered that he wasn't allowed to come back to Australia Without beating the overly confident Kiwi and made sure he went past Newsom quickly. He considered an R slap. Oh, that would have that would have really hurt, wouldn't it? Just a bit of a tap on the butt. Uh, nothing was gonna get me going then. <laughs> but didn't have the confidence he would be able to get back another K. Not uh, long after Pod was in the in the hurt locker and he had to endure the last fifteen minutes. He was told at the finish that he had come fifth in his age group, but found out later he'd won his age group and was second age grouper overall. Wow, that's impressive. Pod often backs himself in a race uh, in a race sometimes it just doesn't seem to work wait a second no. Pod often backs himself in a race sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't this time he got the reward and a Kona slot wow that's a exactly well done. Ironman New Zealand is coming up shortly so maybe coach John, John can get one back on him there a number of the guys who have been age group of the week on your show have been coached by Pod and his personal success is great motivation for all of those he trains as a part of coaching for Sparks Elite it would be great if you could nominate him for age group of the week and, and Michael I think that is a, a one of the best ever, actually. So he swam at 26.35 yep. versus my 25, so I had a minute and a half on him. So you really should have beaten him. And he rode at a 2.18 versus my 2.17, so I would have had two, two and a half. You really should have beaten him. <laughs> and then he ran a 121.28. Would you run about 129? 126. Yeah. If I'd had an average run, it would have been very close. If I'd had a good run, I should have been able to smoke him. But say I'd run, say, about a 123, which would have been an average day at the office. Would have been pretty close. Good, Be- good on him. But he was loving it because you, you. The thing is, one thing you haven't lacked leading this whole, you know, what, what project twenty fourteen is confidence. Yeah. You've talked a bit of smack talk. Come on, people have listened. But I'm telling you, if I had an if I had an average run, I would have done what I t- said I was going to do. Had but crap, you didn't use him. Yeah, had, <laughs> had a crappy race. I'm happy to admit it. I'm happy for Paul. Happy for Luke Goad who got second. Um, but they're all going down Taupo. If you actually see Newsom right now, he's, he's got his line going down past his eyes. It's like tears. It's just it's like a scar of tearing that's gone down his eyes. Look, it's good. Let's learn some lessons. So Pod's going to be being, I mean, meeting you and I in MNZ. Yes, he'll be in that bloody pack. That's so what is he going to he on Athlinks? Maybe we should check out if he's on Athlinks. I checked him out on Athlinks. Is he? I'll take him down. Is it, what's, what's he, how's he going? Uh, that was a good result for him. 
Was that a good result for yeah. him, was it? But Paul, you're going down. Oh, see, he puts it out there. I love it, you so Well, it does concern me there's going to be a pack of <laughs> drafting guys coming up from You were going to say cheating drafting guys, weren't you? No. Riding legitimately. Based on what I know about Pod, based on an email I read about him, he's, he's a, not a cheat. He's a big unit, man. He would have Six been five. He would have been dragging those dudes around probably because he was a unit, man. I could see him coming at the final term when I was in La La Land at 15 see him, He's like a giant chasing you. And, uh, <laughs> it's a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> He was, he was a big boy, so but he was moving pretty smoothly. Like especially if he faded, he was probably I would have yeah if he faded, he was probably on for about a one twenty, and uh, that's not too bad, not too bad at all. Well, what I like about Pod or good old Paul is that uh, he, he sounds like he's a pretty great person for the local community, the Brett's Triathlon Club, exactly. and, and you know, and gives back a lot, and you know, just one of those really kind of great people we talk a lot about when we see our age groupers a week. So, Pod Paul O'Doherty Pod, you yeah. are our age, age group, group of the week. week. Can I nominate you for Age Group of the Week if you win in New Zealand? Yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, I might. I might for it. I'll write you an email. Sounds good. To myself. Yeah. Send it in. Okay, John, you got some music? Go for it. Okay, here we go. Coach's corner slash question. I went with a um, sophisticated music because yeah. when, when, when I think about you, <clears throat> the first word that comes up is sophistication. That's right. Yeah, good. Because you're just a deep thinker. Uh, Colin sent this through. He's Colin got, a, got a question on training software. Hi, John. Uh, not sure if this would be a question for I Am Talk. However, I've been listening to your show since the beginning and I can recall you started to use Google Docs uh, regarding online coaching for your clients. So I've been online coaching triathlon endurance athletes for about four years. I'm thinking of moving to Training Peaks. Do you think this would be a good idea as it seems complicated? My clients see, uh, seem to like simple formats. At the moment I use Excel to work out periodization and workloads, basic log, diary, etc. Uh, for client feedback and Excel or tables for programs that can be altered by me on the fly. Skill videos and PDF resistance programs can also be used with Google Docs easily, in addition, uh, at no financial cost. What are your thoughts, as I believe that you have some experience with both? Uh, and obviously, Training Peaks have been associated with the show, um, but that's definitely what I use now. So, you, you don't advise them at all? I don't advise them. It's use of absolute crap. <laughs> Waste of time. Waste of time. Um, but uh, I used to be very much like you, Colin, in terms of using documents and uh, I didn't use Google Docs that much but just emailing spreadsheets and all that sort of stuff it's all good stuff a lot of it's going to be um, similar to what you'd put in Training Peaks anyway um, I think the key thing that you're going to get the difference with Training Peaks is that you're going to probably get better feedback and if you've got athletes using pace or power that is going to make a massive difference but in terms of actually prescribing programs and what you prescribe I don't think it'll change massively so Do you write your programs through Training Peaks? Definitely yep. um, and they've got a, a library format which if you get it all set up well can that can end up saving you time because um, um, most coach, Certain workouts. Yeah, most coaches are, are going to do some copying and pasting for particular workouts, uh, and the, or you have workouts that you really like, and it's going to be in your library anyway, and uh, and then you just might tweak it a little bit. You know, you do a five-hour ride, and then one person's going to be at one power output, and another person's going to be another power output, but you just play around with it. So if you, if you were going to 
try using it. I presume you're an athlete yourself. Um, the best thing to do with training picks is actually use it yourself for a while. Um, if you're going to do a library, then again, you could do you can make up a library using Excel and Word and things like that as well. But if you do it within training peaks, then you can set up some intensity guidelines. So then, say for example, you're saying to someone, I want you to do a five hour bike ride, and within that, I want you to do three by one hour efforts at a percentage of FTP or at uh, a particular range and what you can do you can set that as a percentage and then you can have that person uh, you you can have 10 different people's um, FTP values in there and that will translate that across so if Bevan and I were going out for a bike ride and you drop the same session into each of our workouts that might tell me to ride at 220 watts but Bevan power, Bevan's power output might be something different so he might be riding at 530 yeah, yeah. So he might be riding at 245 watts and so that does that automatically for you so that's kind of cool um, it does take quite a bit of time though to set up your or your workout libraries <coughs> and stuff so in the long term uh, it probably should save you some time um, providing you invest a bit of time in terms of setting up your libraries um, yeah, as I said earlier, if your athletes are using pace or power, I think it'll make a massive difference to what you're doing. The downside is uh, that you're probably going to end up analysing more information than what you might do in the past if you'd just gone off sort of feel and and requested a few times and what have you. So um, that's a thing to consider. And if you're not a power expert, then or they're not training with power, it's probably less beneficial. One thing in terms of tracking, though, there's no sort of room for bullshit from athletes anymore. You know, if they if you told them to go for a, an hour steady run, and they're wearing a Garmin, then you know if they went for 45 minutes or they went for 75 minutes. And you, you just know, get better excuses, do you? Better excuses, <laughs> and, and you, you get you give better feedback. So you just say, right, look, you're running 20 seconds per k too fast when you're going and doing that steady workout. That's why. Does it do you hidden? Like we've got our running group and we've got this guy, we, 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 my running group goes kind of half marathon down <clears throat> and we get these people who haven't ran for a long time and they come along and they're such an extra to the program. The program works with, you know, we've got a really good program that proves people to be successful and like week two in the, the, like the 5k group, there's this guy, they're meant to be doing like only two minutes of jogging with like three minutes of walking, mm. those slowly building and I go up to this guy on said day. He goes, I've just done 18 minutes non-stop. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, There's a program, stick to it. And yeah. then he rings me two days later, oh, I'm injured. Yeah. Oh, God. So that's exactly the sort of stuff you can you can help avoid. So you can be a lot more effective. And, yeah, sometimes people have short memories. Even even within a week, they say, you say, how did you hit it all last week? Yep, hit it, hit it really well, uh, hit everything well. Um, and then if you actually look at their training peaks account, you go, well, yeah, but you missed that session and that session and that session. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But everything else went really well. Um, and so it gives you really good feedback. And for the athletes, uh, they can be, they can actually start to track their progress a bit more accurately so as well. More detailed information, don't you? Mm. So for the, from the athlete end, one of your questions was, you know, your, your athletes like to keep it simple. And I see a, a, a lot of athletes who, who like it that way. And you've really got to be careful that you don't overcomplicate it. So with Training Peaks, you can either have it emailed to you, your, your, your workouts, you can have them texted to you, or you can go onto the website. They've also got a print function, so then you can just print off the page, you know, because you will have set them a, a week of workouts, and they can just print it out and put it on the fridge. So from the athlete end, it's pretty uncomplicated. Uh, and but then at the same time, if you've got someone who wants to geek out, 
totally yeah, you can go really kick out, yeah yeah so i think overall if you get, if you want to go down the training peaks path uh it can mean better data for the athlete and for the coach uh it has a potential for meaning that it may take more time at both ends in terms of your coach looking at the the, the data and for the athlete um it could mean Input. a little bit more time, but if they're using Garmin or Power or anything like that, it actually speed speed things up um, from from their end. So, I, I use it all the time, and I certainly wouldn't go back the other way. Um, but that's largely because most of the athletes that I work with are remote, and they're using Power and Pace, and so it gives me a lot more feedback. If I was coaching people locally, um, or, or a lot of people locally, if that was just my my bread and butter, then you're seeing them a lot more regularly. Um, there probably is not as many benefits, but yeah, I mean, I push pretty much all my athletes now into Power and Pace. So, so just one thing on that front, you know, like um, like because you know, I think this is a bit, a bit of a business question as well, Colin. And I think one thing, like I, re- I often get asked about because I read a lot of books and listen to a lot of audio books, and I listen to a great audio book for anyone who loves business. Um, or who has business. It's called The Sticking Point Solution by a guy called uh, Jay Abraham. I'll put a link to it on www.imtalk.me this week. And uh, it was a, it's a brilliant business book, actually. One of the best ones I've read in a long time. And he talks a lot about how, you know, and this is a kind of a really basic thing, but, you know, how do you make your business more efficient? You know, the whole idea is that you basically, you, you have systems around the way you do things. And the first objective is, you first of all, you're going to make your time more efficient in those systems. So you're looking at your systems and going, okay, where where am I wasting time? Where can I be more efficient in those? And something like a training peaks or, or tools that, you know, might have a bit of a time investment to set it up, but a long term will give you a greater efficiency means that you then can use more time doing things that are creating more profit for your business. And so, you know, that, that's where the value of these types of tools can really come into play. Like John was saying, if you can set up that library of, you know, you know, maybe the 50 workouts you put out for your athletes, well, that's going to be an efficient thing once it's set up. Mm. And then you go, well, then, you know, because I always think as a small business owner, what's the best use of my time? You know, and for me to be doing repeat you know, not very efficient actions or things in my day, it's not actually helping my business move forward. And so as a coach, you want to think about, well, how do I be as efficient in the kind of the mundane things of being a coach and so that I can then devote time into things about growing my business? And so, you know, like, you know, I always find it in the fitness industry how terrible people are at marketing and how, mm. and sales and all that type of stuff about getting more clientele and building your brand and all those types of things. And, you know, that fitness, this is a bit of a fitness industry problem that, People think just because I love fitness, I'm you know I'm going to be really successful, and it's actually a bugger all to do it. It's all about business, mm. and uh, if you want to be a really top coach, it's about branding, it's about sales, it's about marketing, about becoming a local kind of the name in your local era. And if you can be more efficient in these kind of you know things like programming, then you've got more time to devote to that, which will bring you more money in, in the long term. So um, if you want to check out that book again, it's called. Um, the Sticking Point Solution by Jay Abraham and I'll put a link to it on www.imtalk.me but just if you're all those coaches out there you know always think about building your business not just getting caught up in the day to day stuff so that's, that's my input John there you go good stuff uh, sponsor Extreme Endurance your lactic buffer John so I'm going to talk about a bit of a camp update from the weekend in a moment and please to say don't have sore legs we had some monster monster volume it's fair to say I'm pretty tired and I think everybody else was but as we went through each day very little muscular soreness did a three and a half hour run 40 k's through the hills did you really 
very little muscular soreness afterwards. 40k, so, right? Training day. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. After two 200k days on the bike, it was big. So that's what I, that's all I basically wanted to say this week is, is uh, through the camp I was using. It's a big training day. Extreme endurance. Uh, I was using. Did everyone do 40k? No, just the Philinator and I. A lot of people did 30. Oh, nice. I did two, two, three hours, 30Ks. Uh, so no sore legs. It's pretty simple. <laughs> it's as simple as that, team. If you don't want sore legs, get extreme endurance. It is. I've got I'm, I'm, and you Aussies. I'm, I'm starting to ship quite a bit over there. So you know, Aussies and Kiwis, 55 bucks uh, a pack, and Aussies at 7 bucks shipping over to Australia. And Australia. Kiwis, 3 bucks. So if you've got Ironman Australia coming up or Melbourne or New Zealand, generally i found it only takes – yeah, a few days for it to kick in, and uh, it's certainly not too late. Less than four weeks to go, but certainly not too late. For you guys elsewhere around the world, go to xendurance.com and use the promo code IMTALK5 and get five bucks off your order. Okay. And the other one that I, I certainly use during the camp is the is Execute uh, as my protein sort of recovery drink, and it's got your little uh, have the even have the special little bottle yep. with your little uh, shaker, little shaker in there, yep. and uh, just a nice chocolate. Milkshake after each session Just like chocolate milkshake Only shaky Exactly oh, See right there Only shaky Exactly <laughs> Check it out uh, Xendurance.com Okay guys we'll, oh, I'll put some music on Here we go Here's the music Website of the week Jombo we did pretty well In that quiz last week I know We did really well Yeah I think we got like 13 or something or given there was 10 questions that would No, but hard. there was kind of more points. We did pretty well. Yeah. No, Torsten. He actually good. wrote a report about our our and he said we did, mm. he gave us an A+ and Hillary did get third. Did she? Yeah. Oh, you even got that one. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was pretty good. Okay, John, so we're going to talk a little bit about Torsten's latest try rating, try report from 2013. It's basically a summary of all last year's results statistically speaking, who was the fastest out there um, overall, who was the fastest at particular races, male and female, who had the fastest swim bike run splits and just a whole lot of in-depth analysis. We're going to just do a quick overview and if you want to go get it, you can go to tryrating.com and you can pay whatever you want for the download you can pay give him some money yeah just if you're going to read it you know just a few bucks would be great he's trying to get to Kona um, he's, he has bought a book so he's in, the, in, in our drawer yep. but um, it'd be great to get Torsten over there because he supplies some awesome comment content for us and helps us to provide better information about the athletes to you guys it's just the first thing I'll read this isn't it so what do we want to look at John well firstly in terms of his ratings <laughs> for the top male athletes he has a Nico Lanos rated number one Craig Alexander two and uh, Timo Bracht number three probably can't argue too much with those although Crowe's got such a strong rating from all his past Kona performances um, I wouldn't have said it's his most stellar year but he's sort of got a bit of a what, what did he do last year there. outside of Kona he did Melbourne didn't did he did he win Melbourne no, he got the year before Brady, wasn't it? Because it was uh, there was Marino and Aniko took that in front of him. And he was he was third there, so certainly not a stellar year. For Outside him. of Kona, it was Aniko's year, wasn't it? Totally, mm. totally. <clears throat> I guess probably the surprising ones for me in there. Frederick Van Leer's only down in sixth. From memory, he only raced. In terms of the races I can remember from last year, he did Kona win. I'm in France, win, and I think it might have been a course record. And then he did uh, Abu Dhabi, which I think he also won as well. So that was a pretty impressive year. This doesn't take into effect um, Abu Dhabi. And also in 
France, you know, not a stellar field, so I'm not sure how that affects his rating. But he, you know, he's at, rated at 8.22 versus a Nico Lanos's 8.18, so it's all pretty close. And then probably the other surprise to me that he hasn't dropped down further would be uh, Chris McCormick, who's still ranked number 10th. Did he race much last year? We did Ironman Kens. So he won that. Because remember last week we were struggling with that question, and it turns out he won Kens. Or was that 2012 he won it? Well, it's got, his last race was in 2013. I don't know if he won it, but that's when he raced last. I thought Luke McKenzie won uh, Kens. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's the, the guy's side of things in terms of the top athletes. Uh, and then basically Torsten goes on to explain why some athletes have dropped up, dropped down, why some have gone gone up, and he's got the most improved. Guys like Tyler Butterfield has moved up to 16th from 24th. Um, a couple of the other ones that new athletes in the top 100, uh, Dylan McNeese is only number 98. I would have thought he would have been a bit higher up there. Yeah. I, I suppose he had a couple of weak performances in Europe, which probably uh, pulled him down a bit. If he just had his strong performances, say Challenge Monica, in Taiwan I'd be interest, interested to see where he's ranked does, as, does he yeah. get hurt a little bit by the fact that Warnock is a slow course it shouldn't, he shouldn't get hurt too much and the calibre of athletes there should, should count that I think that what hurts him is he had a pretty slow rote and he had a pretty slow Aldmere as well which yep. probably hurt him so and then he's got some upcoming athletes. So obviously Bevan Doherty's on the way up. Philip Ospelay went uh, went very very fast in, in Florida, and dropping then, out. And then he's got a few dropping out guys that have retired. Guys like Rasmus Henning, Reynard Tissink. Um, Is Jamie like White still around? Uh, I think he's retired. But then I thought I saw him racing in. Did he race in Wanaka? You were commentating. I'm pretty sure he's retired. No, I don't, I don't recall his name coming up, but yeah. I could be wrong. Girls side of things, <clears throat> unsurprisingly, you had Marinda Carfrey on top. So the girls is a, seems to be a bit more predictable based off Kona performances. You've got Rennie on top, Joycey in second place, only by 10 seconds in front of Caroline Steffen, who's probably still banking off those really strong performances in, say, Melbourne um, the year before and, and some good Konas. Yvonne Van Vlerken is up there in fourth. Liz Blatchford is obviously a new athlete, but she raced three Ironmans in one season, uh, culminating in her third place at Kona. Mary Beth didn't have her best season, but she's in sixth. And uh, Jodie Swallow is new to the rankings as well. She did three Ironmans, and uh, she's rated in there at ninth. She's she's either all or nothing, old Jody Swallow. She's uh, goes for it, or sometimes DNFs. And Leander Cave, last the previous year's champion, is only in tenth place. So then you got how is Cave getting along? Because she had a pretty rough year last year, didn't she? Well, I just injury. I just saw something on one of the websites before that she's uh, going over to Cliff English. She she was with Siri Lindley for about four years, took her to the Kona title, and now she's gone off to um, be with Cliff English. So this she, guy went with Chrissy for a while, wasn't it? Didn't he, oh, I think that was about a couple of weeks. Yeah, it was, it was that was all that odd when when they everybody jumped ship into into Cliff English and there was Sam McGlone and there was Chrissy and there was yeah and, and then it all just sort of turned to custard. Um, Michelle Vesterbury is one of the most improved. She's she's definitely gone up. Um, she got married the other day. I saw something yesterday as well. Oh, Jesse Donovan. Um, no one else really have noted those that names. Uh, new athletes to the top one hundred. Kat Morrison. But I thought she was there already, but yeah. Uh, upcoming athletes, John? Upcoming athletes? Eva Woosie. I want to know what happened to her. She she went uh, in Copenhagen, she went just something stupid, like 8.35 or something like that. So I'll be very interested to see how she goes in the next few years. Uh, notable athletes dropping out. <laughs> Virginia Brissetagi. <laughs> doping. Doping. And promptly retired. Belinda Harper. 
she was a, I thought she was a Kiwi. Fernanda Keller? Fernanda Keller. No yeah. longer racing as a pro. Yeah. And then basically Torsten goes on and he... Best swimmers and bikers. Best swimmers and bikers. Dylan McNeese has taken down Andy Potts in the best, uh, best swim split. Which is surprising, isn't it? Wow, swims yeah. very long. Yep. But, but Dylan certainly is... Up there. Yeah, you know, you'd say Dylan, Andy Potts and Clayton Fatale, you have three top swimmers there. It's um, interesting old... Uh, is not who, who won it last year? Who won what last Kona year? Kona last year. Frederick Van Leer? No, no, last year. Or the year before. Pete Jacobs. Yeah. So he's, he's not in the top ten. Hmm. That's interesting. You think he would be? Yeah. He's an ex-swimmer. He is. Kill sort of things? Jody Swallow, Hayley Chura, who led out Kona, and Amanda Stevens. So no real surprises there on the that, that sort of things. Biking. No surprise. Starkowitz. Starkowitz. But Constantine Bashaw was in second along Starkowitz put five minutes on everyone else. Like Florida, no, different, different horses, course. different horses, but still five minutes is a lot. Carolyn Stefan and the girls. And the best run is Bert Arnos. He did a really and, and that, and that you got to think, so he's got a time, a rating time there of 4.25. We know he rode like 4.03 or something. But then he also did a couple of other races. He did Kona and I think he may have done one other as well. Uh, so that's... You know, that's yeah. an average. Because you know, then he, he go like, really what was it, where low did he go? Like 4.11 or something stupid like that? No, I was quick. I, th- I thought it was 4.03 or 4.04. That's or ridiculous, John. Mm. Um, and then runners, you've got Bart Arnos. No uh, surprise there. And then Marina Caffrey, which is no surprise there either. Hmm. So there's lots of good stuff. Top 10 performances of the year. So Bockles wrote was by far the best performance. Yeah, 7.52. Uh, normalised time of, uh, he, he went 7.52, normalised time of 8.15 over Freddie Van Laird's normalised time of 8.17 in Hawaii and Luke McKenzie's 8.20 in Hawaii. So, uh, yep. And then you've got Bites Women and Run stuff as well, but he's got best female time as uh, Rennie's time in Hawaii. And then Joycey had Hawaii and Texas in second and third, and Stefan in fourth wrote. It's just lots of good information, guys. Get it. Check it out. It's a really good document just to kind of kind of geek out on all things. If you are a real geek and you love to geek out on triathlon stuff, it's really the way to go. And get to know, yeah, get to know the pros a bit better. It's got all the sub nine female races, all the swimming, all the sub eight 20, men. 21 sub nines for the girls. Oh, he's got the overall money list. So here we go. Here, this is really interesting. Top twenty athletes. Now, this is just from prize money. Yeah, and this, it must not be with Kona. Kona money makers. Oh no! Wait a second. This year, I've added the Kona money makers, and it changes the ratings as the Kona money makes. So wait a second. Oh, so he's done. He's done. Okay, he's done outside Kona, inside Kona. So outside of Kona, Mirabeth Ellis made the most money. Yeah, nice work. And I didn't. I didn't think. That she had her best year. And it's in boys and girls. Yeah. So and Nico, so she pulled off 55K US, and Nico pulled off 50. This, this is excluding Kona. Excluding Kona. So then it was, it was her, then uh, and Nico, then Jody Swallow, then Erica Jomol, mm-hmm. and Luke Bell. And these are just... So these guys, none of those guys did that well in Kona, that's the thing. And so then if we go to, uh, if we include Kona, the biggest people were... Freddie Van Lead obviously made the most money and Marina Caffrey was in second. Then third equal was Luke McKenzie with Joycey. So Freddie Van Lead pulled off 135, Rennie 122, Luke and Joycey pulled off 75 in prize money. Um, we've got to remember, we've got to probably take this with a grain of salt because oh, this course. is just WTC money. So you look at Freddie Van Laird, he's uh, the world champion. He got 135. We got 15,000 probably from France. He got 120 from uh, Kona. So 135 total. He probably got another, I can't remember what 
Abu Dhabi is, but probably another 50 or 60 there. So let's call his, say, 200 grand. And he's Iceland. in the army as well. Mm. So he gets paid. Mm. Yeah, so like, yeah. So, and like, that's obviously his prize money, but pretty interesting stuff. Number mm. fifth, fifth was Liz Blatchford because she actually got some money outside of Kona as well. Mm. Uh, sixth, can you see sixth there, John? Number six, number no. six, number six. No. But yeah, so it's, yeah, this is a good report. Check it out, guys. Check, 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 check it out. And he's got trivia questions and he's got lots of other stuff as well. So you can check it out there, guys. Try rating. Go to tryrating.com, isn't it? Leaving you out there in the cold there. Yeah, just, yeah you did. You have tryrating.com. Go to yep. Thorsten's rating report and you can buy it from there. Okay, guys, John's Kemp report. This is the highlight of this week's show. I tell you, I... You've been waiting for it. I was like, can we just get on with the show? Yeah. Camp 6, that's where we, Phil and I thought we could call it. Why Camp 6? We did 6K of swimming, which is not very impressive. <laughs> I said that to my, I was saying to the guys, the young guys that were coaching last night, yeah, we did, uh, we did this and we did 6K of swimming. And they're like, 6K of swimming, we do, we do 6K of swimming every day. <laughs> so 6K of swimming was not that impressive. Uh, but we biked over 600Ks and we ran over 6 hours, so 6, 6, 6. It's got like, devilish tones to it, John. Suzanne. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Day one, we're going Christchurch to Kaikoura, which Good, is... Good, always celebrate. Yeah, tack on a little bit and you get your 200 Ks, or in my case, you get 199.3 and can't be asked tacking on the extra 700 metres to get 200. Southerly winds in Christchurch usually means it's freezing cold, shitty weather, raining. Ooh, what day was this? Thursday. It was southerly winds, hot and sunny. Couldn't believe it. Got blown all the way to Kaikoura. Oh, really? Average 33 Ks an hour, which is... Yeah, no, it's not an easy ride. Not, it's not an easy ride. Uh, couldn't believe it. It was hot, smoking. Were you loving it? It was it, almost. You got there and you felt like you'd been cheated a bit. You didn't feel that stuffed. I, I was a bit tired, but you didn't. Yeah, you, know, you didn't feel devastated. So it was a lovely two hundred k ride. Nice sun, bit of flat, bit of rolling, bit of hills. Lovely coastal ride. Rode the last sixty five k's at Ironman effort, and uh, that all went. That went okay, blew up a bit towards the end, uh, but the winds were so strong that it was really hard to keep the keep the power up, so that was all good. And then Phil and I jumped off the bike, ran for an hour, 30 minutes at about sort of 4.15 per K pace, and then 30 minutes a bit easier. Solid first day of the office. Nice. Yeah. Day two, started out, if you ever go to Kaikoura, you can go along the, 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 the road a little bit in front of the township and towards the end there's a seal colony, and when you get there, you can go for a run over the headlands. Beautiful. You can check out my website uh, for some pictures. And so we ran for an hour, and then we did. Phil and I did another 200k ride, 135k's to Hamner, and then we tacked on, went out again. And within that ride, did a couple of uh, 40 to 45 kilometer efforts at Ironman Power again. Absolutely smoked it. So feeling pretty good about that. And again, fantastic conditions. So 200 k's, and we did 2,000 meters of elevation gain, which is quite a lot of climbing. Yep. Still average 30k now. Pretty nice. solid. Pretty solid. Feeling pretty good about that. Another big day at the office. Like I think that might have been a, a seven-hour bike ride and an hour run. So another eight hours in the back, which is all good. Day three, uh, first swim of the camp. Went down to the pool in Hamner. Nice new pool I've got there. Uh, did about a 3k set there and then we went back had a bit of breakfast had to think about what to have for breakfast you know you're going swimming coming back and then you know you've got a long run in about an hour and an hour and a half's time yeah be a little bit careful what'd you go with this front um bit of eggs went, the rest of the stuff was all pretty dry so i wouldn't have too much um too much sort of yogurt or protein sort of things floating around in my stomach and Ran out into the st james walkway they've got a mountain bike track and they have a, an ultra marathon up there as well 
and Axel had marked out a 15k loop and we did one lap and then we did another lap and then we had to do another out and back and when we did a little out and back we kind of got to the turnaround or I said we finished our first lap it was almost exactly 15k's uh, per lap so we finished two laps 30k's and then we had 50 minutes to go so we ran and it was gentle uphill sort of climb and we got to our turnaround I said right we'll go out for 27 minutes and it'll probably take us less to get back and we got to the turn I saw oh it's 35k's so we got back and it was 40k's we did have to run an extra 50 metres past the van and a few of the listeners of the show weren't too happy about that oh really because they'd been waiting there and I said we were going to be three and a half hours and we were three hours 33 plus a pit stop and uh, there was a few complaints fair enough too because mm. I, I wouldn't want to wait for you no but 40 we had actually look- I get used to it to be honest yeah <laughs> through my life <laughs> Henry thought about running 40k's that's quite a long way it wasn't express pace by any stretch of the imagination yeah, 40K, that's a long way 40k's was a long way sure helps. we were just cruising just chatting away and didn't actually feel too bad and then Phil decided to be a clever clogs and uh, tried to fill up his drink bottle from the high five um, big barrel container while the van was moving lid came off high, five, all. high five all over the floor of the van oh Unimpressed. Amateur error. Yeah. So then we had to drive drive back to Hamnet about half an hour, and then uh, we only had time to get out for a two hour spin through the hills. Pretty low quality <laughs> after a, after a three and a half hour run. <laughs> Fair Un- enough. Unsurprisingly, we had. Only had Could two, you be bothered? Not really, but needed to be done, and it was good for the recovery. But we only had two hours because we had to be back in time for dinner. So that was a full day of training. That's a big day. Big day of training. Final day, we ran to the pool, and run to the pool was not. Particularly fast. I was going about. How far to run? Uh, two and a half k's to the pool. So you should have had a race. So yeah, I was, should have made a race. The only race I was doing was to the forest to <laughs> lose a few kgs. Yep. And ran to the pool, had a bit of a swim. It's good there because it's a good pool nowadays, isn't it? It's lovely. Yeah. yeah. No lane ropes or anything, but we have the whole pool to ourselves. And then uh, saddled up and we tacked on a little bit on the way home. 165k ride home, net downhill. Again, perfect conditions and uh, smacked out a couple of sort of 35 to 40k efforts at, at Ironman pace. Feeling pretty good about things now. Feeling good. Feeling on fire. His confidence is back. Age group of the week, Paul Pod. Good old Pod. Count downtown, mate. Yeah. You need to lose a few inches, not weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's all very good. And we had just a, a big range of abilities there. So, you know, I would have been the fastest. At, at, um, and then we, we had athletes there that were sort of 16-hour athletes. Most, yep. most athletes were in the sort of uh, probably 11 to 13-hour range. Who were helpers? Uh, we had Lynette, and then we had Craig Moore, and then, uh, and then it was me and Axel sort of running the gig. Nice. So it was all good. So if you want to come do it next year, we probably do the same loop, but it's just it's some of the top scenery from oh, it's stunning. down here. We had do you know what I did yesterday? Yesterday I got a mate from my mate, uh, call from my mate Jeff, who's a cyclist. And uh, <laughs> yeah, his tire his tire blowing up mm. down going to Cooper's knob, and uh, so he, he, what are you doing right now? So I had to go pick him up, and didn't uh, call his wife, he called his friend, he called his friend, called oh. a call a friend, and uh, and I just forgot how beautiful up top there because I don't ride up there anymore, mm-hmm. and you just forget how beautiful it is, you oh. know, and just the scenery like South Island is such a stunning place, and along that top where you look over all the bays. Mm. And, Pretty beautiful. No, so, so some stunning scenery. And we had a couple of Auckland guys down here who, who loved it as well. So if you want to check it out, it's perfectly time for, what, for just email New you? Zealand. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be doing it next year. And uh, some serious volume and good support and just a good good crew. 
Okay, sponsor. Coffees of Hawaii. Now, Bevan, you just need to click on that link and we can kick back and, and relax for a moment. Oh, is it, hold, hold the speaker you, you, Okay, wait, is it an MP3, is there? It's an MP3. Oh, I'll, I'll click on the link and it's yes. just coming up. Oh, here okay. we go. Wait a second, playing. Wait, I'll turn the mic around, wait a second, here we go. Push play. Turn, turn it up, turn it right up. Okay, push play. Oh, I haven't pushed play. I've got push play, wait a second. Perfect. Tea is produced from coffee berries grown only on Molokai, but it tastes nothing like coffee. After the fruit ripens on the bush, its pulp is stripped from the inside bean, dried, and ground up. It's then blended with an infusion of flowers and herbs grown on the island, including lemongrass, jasmine flowers, and ginger root. Coffees of Hawaii selected those infusions for their complementary flavors and medicinal properties. The coffee berry itself is known as a strong antioxidant. The idea of making tea from the coffee plant came about during this year's September to December coffee harvest. The staff at Coffee saved the pulp from Molokai's Mule Skinner coffee, which dries for six weeks with the fruit still on the bush. The nutrient-rich pulp was previously returned to the fields as compost. Coffees of Hawaii says producing the design reduces company waste by reusing the pulp as a profitable product. It also adds a mellower dimension to the company's highly caffeinated selections. Coffees of Hawaii is distributing its tea statewide and globally. For Hawaii Public Radio, I'm Catherine Cluett. Hawaii Public Radio. Hawaii Public Radio. Yeah, so basically they were talking, we missed the first couple of words, but we were talking about the coffees of white teas. John. Tea sounds. Do you say herbs? No, I say herbs. Yeah, herbs sounds funny, isn't we're, it? We're a bit odd in that. Most people say herbs. Herbs? Yeah. Herbs, but there's no H there. Yeah. Because you're just saying E-R-B. Yeah. Herbs, not herbs. Herbs. Do you say H or H? H. Because some people say H. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> H yeah. H <laughs> I don't think We should throw stones When we're in these Little glass house Of New Zealand well, well, New Zealand's New Zealand's pronunciation Is perfect isn't it Yeah I can't even say the word yeah. It's perfect <laughs> There you go Coffees of Hawaii uh, Got the teas And the coffees Check it out Yeah if you If you do like some tea And you do like some Kind oh. of different flavour Do you like some teas do you Gotta get some good tea You like some good tea and uh, get some different flavoured tea and uh, get a coffee of Hawaii for your flavoured tea. Or Hawaii, as she was Hawaii saying. Hawaii tea. Love your work going. Questions and answers. Okay, just a couple of quick ones here. We've got Tim Egg. He's just sent through an email saying he's going to do a book. I've uh, started a fund anything campaign to raise money for a triathlon documentary I want to make called Chasing the Age Grouper, where I record for one year my training, racing, etc. During the year, I will be doing two Ironman, two half Ironman, and a number of other races. Would you be able to give it a plug on your awesome podcast? Well, we're doing that right now, Tim. And basically, if you want to go and support him, it's one of those kind of crowdfunding things like um, Kickstarter or something like this. It's called, it's called Fund Anything. And he's just basically wants to raise the money. So if you want to support him in raising that, and if you do that, I'll just pull up the website now, you then, he, basically different donations will give him different things. So option, if you give him five bucks, you get an ebook. If you give him uh, $10, you get uh, a credit in the, in the in the trailer of the documentary. Oh, don't you hate Adobe? <laughs> I had that just before. Oh, Flash, get out of here. I never update it just on principle. Uh, documentary, you get $15 and so on. So he wants to raise around $1,100. So he's not asking a lot, but if you could do that, that'd be really great. So fund anything, and I'll put a link down to me. Uh, other question that I have here at the end here is Luke O'Shea. 
He's just going, he's going to wrote, and he's just going, we want to touch base regarding any info around road accommodation. I know there are some useful links on the race site, but these are pretty much all booked out. I wanted to get some insight on what you guys or any of your listeners have around tips for road. John? We chat homestays. So we yeah. haven't really got any tips. Most people stay in Nuremberg, though, I think. Is that what they do, is it? Mm. Yeah, then, then that can be the way to go, because the thing is, is the train's only, what, 20 minutes? Yeah. Or Hippelstein. But what do you do in the morning? Oh, there's always a way. Yeah, there's always a way. Great, I'm glad we were so much help there. Well, I think the other thing is, oh, Flash is now so many there's a problem. Yeah, it's because I closed you down, you, anyway. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, yep. Yeah, um, if you do have any tips for Luke, go onto our Facebook page and just put a, you know put some info up there because uh, Root is definitely a cool experience and uh, I have to say I did love homestaying there. Mm. i got some really cool people to stay with. Okay, Jombo, uh, sponsors. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. John, just works. And John doesn't have sore legs. <laughs> and coffees of Hawaii. Um, get the tea. John, right. yes. what's your gossip? Are we going to do these nicknames? Oh, okay. So we've got the book. The book's been selling really well. Uh, I imagine it'll probably be another maybe month before we sell all the rest of them, mm-hmm. I think, based on the trajectory of how we're going right now. Yep. Um, so that's, that's good. So keep buying the book. So basically, if you want to buy the book, you go to www.iamtalk.me and each week's show notes at this stage, I'm just putting a link in there. You go on there, you go and you put into PayPal, you put your credit card, or if you've got a PayPal account, it just goes in there. It costs you $30 US. And then you go in the draw for the Ultimate Kona, Ultimate Kona Experience where you get up to $2,000 of US in travel funds. You get your accommodation, you get your food. Um, and if you want to upgrade any of those things, you yes. can you can put some of your own money into it. We're not going to restrict you on that way. Um, you must stay in this yeah. cardboard box. Yeah, we've got your cardboard box. Days. Yep, it's right by the water. Um, and then uh, oh, is it seven days? We give them as well. Yeah. Oh, so it's a good week. Mm. Um, and then you also get an IM Talk nickname when you do that. And we've been collecting the names now. And today we're actually um, wait a second. I've got to put the file. Today, we're actually going to be giving out 25 of those nicknames. And so, altogether, we'll be doing 500. And once, basically, once the books have sold, or we're going to say the 1st of June, aren't we? I think something like that. Yep. Yeah. So, either the, we sell all the books or the 1st of June. If the books sell, then we do the draw. We'll let you guys know. And then, what we'll put is we'll put a document on our website. Um, of everyone who's bought the books and next to your name you'll have a number and so you can download that document will be released well maybe a week or so after that then we'll do the draw for the win so and you can buy as many books as you like yes we've had some people buy more than one and cool. uh, there's no, no restrictions on that so Pedro the Aztec Aka I, th- I, thought, I thought that sounded quite John South the American. first 10 or so yep. Bradley Speedo Odom because I was thinking Odom, Odometer, Speed Nice, I like that, that's a good one. Paul, the Cumbrian Outlaw Roger, because he's from that way, and I checked it out on Athlinks. Jeff, Gobo, Naggle. Where does that come from? Naggle, sounds like Fraggle, Fraggle Rock. Gobo is a character in Fraggle Rock. Was it? Do you remember the, the character's names? No, I had to do some research on oh, it. Oh, did right? you? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Dean Builders, sounds like an interesting name. Um, and I just thought, Builders... Dean, I assume your surname must be Dean, whoever you are. Hammer time. Nice. Whoa, whoa, get touches. Gary, Mr. Consistency Fegan. Yes. Christopher Moko Swain. What's Moko? It's like, you know, you marry tattoos. Oh, wasn't it Moko the, the chin one? Yeah, well, he had, he had a 
he had his Athlinks picture had tattoos all over his arms, so I thought Moko. Yeah, nice. Call yourself Moko. Uh, Robert Boom Boom Beelan. Nice. And then I then I cheated and did the Bevan technique where you just chug it into a uh, into some silly website. James Hoblin Izzy Barbosa call it. <laughs> Where'd they come from? I don't know. Hoblin Izzy Barbosa. Uh, Anthony the Force Lucas. Nice, that's good. George, yeah, George Lucas, yep. nice. Uh, Flaming David Flint. Flame, that's a good one. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. it's down to you. Robert Beelin, who we've done this before, is Boom Boom Beelin, which I thought was a pretty great one. David Hutchins, a great greyhound. Mm-hmm, I like nice. that one. It's just kind of, you know, great greyhound. Yeah. Uh, Damien Bennett, $100 bill. Mm-hmm. He's the highest class he is. That's, yeah. you know, roll with him. Paul McVee, we've done before. He's DeLorean. Do you remember why we gave him that? I think he was standing next to a car or something that might have looked like a DeLorean okay. from Back to the Future. Uh, Patricia has a Lancer Cordero. Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah, a Sporty Spice. Nice. Got that. Uh, Adrian Berry, the Fast Spin Kid. Cool. You know, like that. Um, Colin, how do you say it? Bielanski? Bielanski. Uh, Bielanski, he's the convict. We've done him before. Um, Stephen Bamber. Now, I thought of Stephen Barmer, which is Steve Barmer, the guy who was at Microsoft. Right. CEO for years. Yep. So I went the Exceller, nice. the Excel for Microsoft. Nice. Like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick Rose, you've got Nick Rose knows Rose, but yeah. it's the Admiral. Yeah, Nick knows Rose. I'm going with that. Martin uh, Freakinson. I thought of Freakinson. Martin, the guy from The Hobbit. So he's The Hobbit. Nice. Yes, and he did two. He bought two of the books, which is good. Robin Collins. Now I can't remember if this got. Is it Jim Collins who wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? It must be. Or did he do Good to Great? I think he did Good to Great, but it doesn't matter. I've called Robin Collins, Robbie Collins, Seven Mean Habits. Nice. And he can choose whatever those habits are. Uh, Graham Farr's got the sideburns, and I was going to call him Far Out, bro. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you would already, we'd already given a nickname in the past. So Graham, if you want to go far out, bro, you can do that. David Rowe, he's the green light could he's, he's donated to the show a couple of times in the past as well. So that's what's going to happen, guys. If you even if you just buy the ebook, you do get your I am Talk nickname, and we've still got another blimmin. Well, we'll have another four hundred seventy-five to go. <laughs> but over the next few weeks, we'll just kind of continue to do this and work through those names. And uh, you can go to www.iamtalk.me. You buy the ebook, you go on the draw to win the to win the book, and you also get your I'm Talk nickname. And uh, obviously, you're also helping John and I get to Kona and do our great work that we do there every year. So check, check, check it out, John. Any other thing we need to mention before we do the goss? That's it. That's it. Oh, we need to, we need twenty more Facebook followers. I want twenty more by next week. So help get our Facebook page up over four thousand. We should have a lot more than that, really. We should, really. Yeah, based on the listeners we have, but that's okay. Although I don't really go on any of the podcasts I listen to Facebook pages. No, you, know? you guys should. <laughs> well, yeah, you guys should. You definitely do, but I don't. <laughs> John. Yes. Oh, no, I do. Dan Carlin, Hardcore History. That's okay. one. That's the best podcast out there. Great. I got, Second I, best. Well, you know what? He puts us to shame. <laughs> I, um, we're different because we're entertaining. He's more – He's. I got Albert onto it. I said, Albert, you need to check out this podcast. And he wrote me, he emailed me back about five hours later. He would listen to like three of them. Seriously, if you want to listen to a mind-blowing podcast, Hardcore History of Dan Cullen is pretty amazing. Jombo, what'd you goss? Um, Well, it was all about the camp last week, so I'm a little uh, little fatty gay, a little tired. Are you? Easy week this week? Uh, Be easy few days. Swimming like a log. Went for a little swim this morning. Wasn't pretty. Really? How far did you swim? 4K. It was not pretty. It's not a little swim. Well, it's... What's required, but no, generally feeling How good about things. How long does 4K things. take you? Um, an hour 10, depending on what you're doing. Just plug it out. Outside of that, it was about my week, really, buying a car this week. Oh, back it up! Mm. Not out of uh, want, out of necessity. What, what's, what's happened to the old car? 
It's about to blow up. So wait a second. Oh, okay, I'll tell you a blow up story real soon. Yeah. So, um, so wait a second. So what car? Old car? Your car or the family? The good car or the bad old car? We've only got one car. Oh. And it's crap. Oh, no. So Have you still got your little 50 bike? No, no, that blew up too. <laughs> There's a thing happening, happening I think it's something to do with your driving. Uh, well... No, I, I had requ- obviously Belinda had, said something there. I had requests for me to be driving on the camp at the weekend. Who was driving? Go on, name and shame. I had requests. Who, who was driving? No. So anyway, uh, it was. Wait, what makes yeah, you think your car's going to blow up? <laughs> you might be able to hear it go. Past. I do hear you come down every week. Yeah, yeah. And you see the smoke puffing out. Oh, it's a bit like that, is it? Noises coming out of the engine. How, how, are you going to sell it? We'll just tr- trade it. We're, if, if, if I get, what do you reckon you'll get for trading? When we went to one car yard the other day, he said he hadn't seen it yet. He, I said, oh, well, this year, Mazda Capella, oh, probably three, three and a half thousand. If I get that, I will be wrapped. Nice. Okay. So what kind, of, what, kind of, what kind of price do you want to spend on a car? I'm not going to discuss that on the show. We, we, look, I only make $5 million from this show a every week. week. Yeah. Um, but we, so we, we're just getting a 2005 sort of – it's either going to be – a Honda Odyssey, which is kind of what I want to is get. Is that a family wagon? It is a bit, yeah. Hey, come on, <laughs> family wagon. And or Belinda wants to sort of she wants to get a Subaru or Subaru. But Subaru, okay. So we're sort of in between. We got off a car a few weeks ago, and it was like Joe's parents got a car they didn't want anymore, and they said, "Do you want a car?" Mm. And we were like, "No, we don't need a second car." We don't need a second car. No, you make it work, don't you? You use it every now. You need one every now and then, but pretty you make rare. it work. And now that we both work from home, mm. it's not needed. Okay, so I'll tell you a great car story. Mm-hmm. My nephew, Mitch, mm-hmm. good kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got his head screwed on for he's about 17. He's, he's a little bit over the place, but that's what you do when you're 17. Mm-hmm. But he's overall, he went out to a party. Everyone was on, on the chirps a little bit. And one guy was a sober driver, good on him, you know, responsible mm-hmm. young men. So the guy who was owned the car was drunk and he kept going, oh, let me drive. And I think the guy who owned the car was a bit of an idiot. So they... Um, they drive along and he's going, let me drive. And everyone says, shut up, stop being an idiot. And the guy who was the sober driver needs to go for a pee. So he gets out of the car, goes for a pee. The drunk guy gets in the seat, starts driving mm-hmm. and crashes the car. Like, no bad, drives into a bush. And like my, my, my nephew's face is like bruised up and bandaged and mm-hmm. everything, not good. And uh, my nephew's really angry at him. Get out of the car, they're walking out the road, car blows up. Yeah. Yeah, like 50 metres up the road, car blows up. Yeah. Like disintegrated, nothing left. nephew's car. No, it wasn't his car, luckily, but yeah. it was the guy who was drunk's car. No, it's karma. Yeah, but imagine if they were still in the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's not karma. <laughs> That's not karma. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> that is bad. Mm. That's the thing about when you're young, you just do stupid stuff, eh? Hey? I, I had a mate called Carl Sherlock. Carl Sherlock was an idiot. He was one of those guys who, <laughs> who well, not, he was just one of those guys who loved extreme stuff. Yeah. Like, he had no lies. He would roll a blade down the top of the from the Kiwi to the bottom of the hill, yeah, yeah, yeah. like just, and he would just thrived on extreme. You'd be in the car with him, and he goes, "I'm going to do it." And you go, "What are you going to do?" He goes, "I'm going to drive through a red light." So, like a hundred meters out from red light, he just put his foot down yeah. and just drive through red light, and you just there was, there was no fun in that. I don't hang around with people like that. Yeah, neither. I never got in the car <laughs> after that. I tell you, I was like, "Bugger that for a joke." So, drive safe, team. What else is happening in your world, Bevan? Um, what do I get up to? Um, barbecue on Saturday night. We had a barbecue a few friends over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Had maple crumble. Mm-hmm. We had lots of desserts. Mm-hmm. What's your favourite dessert, John? Uh, creme brulee. You would like our desserts then? Yeah. Because Kate, Jeff's wife, mm-hmm. she went like to. Kate? Yeah, yeah, you know, Kate. She went to this, um, she, she said hi things about you. I'm sure she did. She did, no? She goes, yeah. John, you see, he's a real nice guy. Yeah. Uh, nah, he's just following you. <laughs> um, she bought these things I didn't even know the names of. 
Okay. And it was pretty good. So it was good. And oh, uh, it must have been good. You still don't know the names of them. No, there was one that was like, it was like a kind of upside down funnel type of thing. And it looked like a cream brulee on the outside, but then it had like pistachio and mm-hmm. almost like a um, Turkish delight in there. It was a combination thing. It was pretty Interesting. good. Pretty good. Interesting. And then uh, my apple crumble went down pretty well. Yep, yep. Have you had my apple crumble? I have not had your apple crumble. We've got the, those people who are going to come watch the show. Oh, right. What do they know? Julian and someone Fox. They're coming over. They're going to come watch us do the show in a few weeks. Goodness. Yeah. It's a bit weird, I think. Yeah. But I might make them an apple crumble. Okay. I'm happy with that. I'll be amping for a bit of apple crumble. Do you, you like a bit of apple crumble? Yep. Do you like cream or ice cream? Um, tend to be, I'm, I'm indifferent, but uh, sometimes I like a little bit of um, custard. With apple crumble? Yeah. Do you know what I love, John? Me? Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, yeah. you are the first thing on my love list. I have yeah. to say, I, I have a love list I read every morning at yeah. Newsome first. Uh, no, not you. No, um, Christmas pud with custard. Uh, Do you like that? Yep. Y- you know, like yep, fruit yep, pudding? Yep, yep. That, yep. Is, that is absolute gold, isn't it? It is gold. What are, you, what are you looking at? No, nothing. I was just thinking of something from the camp and day one. Sorry, have you finished your story? Sorry, no, well, I story. can because obviously you're pro- yeah. I love you, so that's, yeah. that's how I roll. So Molina emailed me just, yeah, he, he always wants me to know when we're doing he didn't bike do the camp. rides and stuff. No. But um, I said, oh, we, we're biking to Kaikoura on Thursday. If you want to come along, just we're, we're leaving roughly this time. And we met him at um, set, of, set of Lights and so didn't do the intros and stuff. And we're, there's only f- five of us in our group. There's these two Auckland guys, um, me, Phil and, and Axel. And riding along, you know, just rotating around a bit. One of the Auckland guys is who, who was pretty handy. I think he's been like years ago. He went like nine twenty-five or something okay, like that. So, so yep. he's pretty handy. He was chatting away to Molina, and he's sort of saying, "Oh, yep. So you, you know, you done, you done any Ironmans? Have you done any?" Molina's like, oh, "Yeah, I've done forty or so." And uh, this guy's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not bad." And he's like, what, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I might do Ironman New Zealand." He goes. What do you mean you might do Ironman New Zealand? Have you, have you entered yet? And have you, or you got any house coming up? Oh, yeah, we'll just sort of see what where, what things go. This guy, this Auckland is just thinking, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he is talking about. Did he eventually figure out who it was? No, not until I told him. <laughs> so he was riding along just thinking, who is this goon who just thinks he's going to do a race just on a whim? Is Melinda going to New Zealand? I'm not sure if that's actually supposed to be official or not. It is now. Melina's doing New Zealand, everybody. What are you up to this week then? Me? Yeah. A uh, bit of recovery stuff. My tangy day. Screws my week up. Why? Day off work. But you still work, don't you? I have to do a little bit. Buying a car tomorrow. Where are you buying your car? And oh, I've got a few different places we're going to. And then just hanging out with the kiddies. Okay. Well, it's supposed to be hot today. Had the pool a bit today. Yeah, we were. Well, I was going. To, I wanted to do a beach day last weekend. It didn't happen. Broke my heart. Mm. So, yeah, other than that, John, I think that's about it. What am oh. I doing this week? Um, um, not much. Okay. Yep, yeah, it was pretty life changing, wasn't it? I'm Russ. I mean, don't train hard. Train smart. Kicker. Kicker. Oh. <laughs>